Hi, this is Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And this is Two Teachers Talking. Charles and I get together and talk about teaching English in Japan. Um, teaching in Japan this year has been uh, quite a trip. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that we're going to focus on today is, uh, well, the one thing we're going to focus on is um, Zoom. And uh, something it's something that most of us didn't know existed six months ago. And in the in, in months since, we've had um, different kinds of experiences with it, big, big learning experiences, um, some disasters along the way, probably. Um, but we thought we'd just kind of corral some of the things that we've picked up and um, kind of funnel that out to you and uh, kind of share what, what we have picked up, what we've learned, um, little tips and uh, uh, so far uh, along the, the way. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of a new new thing. So we're gonna we're gonna and we've got a lot of stuff. So we're gonna move kind of fast. And um, if you uh, want, well, and if you want, but um, we also have a little little treat for you at the at the very end. So um, I suppose you can fast forward to the end if you like. If you're a Zoom expert and you don't need to know any of these things, but uh, we do have a little extra something there for the listeners at the end. So. Uh, nice little surprise. So, so where do you want to start, Charles? Where do you want to start? Where, where do, do I want to start? start? Where does well, anybody let's want start, to start? Let's start. Let's start. Let's start with um, just you know, start with basic stuff, right? The basic best practices and things. And um, one of the things that um, Allison always uh, emphasizes with her kids, I mean, a, a lot. Um, I don't. I should. But uh, something to think about. Um, not only for yourself, but for your students, too. Um, all of us are spending way, way, way too much time sitting in front of these screens. And um, you really need to think about their ergonomics. And that means, um, right, your your eyesight, your chair, your hands, uh, comfort on the keyboard, comfort distance, um, and also um, breaks. Uh, making sure that you do get up out of that chair. Uh, you do look at something other than the screen, something that's not the same distance away. Um, <clears throat> not only that you do it, but you make sure that your students do it and teach them the importance of that and why. That's a good thing to do. Yeah, I think yeah. the students I mean, are just not aware of that, especially not at all. Not at all. You're you know, you're young. It doesn't not you know. Yeah, your back doesn't. Not, hurt. Nothing's going to happen to yeah. me. Actually, Fine. so let's skip it. They're young. They don't need it. <laughs> right? Well, they, they don't, don't think don't. they do. Yeah. All right. What else? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think one thing it. is like looking at um, yeah. Again, you zoom and it's like you and I. You know, you get it. We, you know, that's one of the things we, we get. It's fun for us. We get a new application, a new program. What do you first thing you do? You 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 crack it open. You look at it. Okay, what can I do with this? What are the preferences? What I got control over, and everything else. Um, uh, For us, it's second nature. For some people, it might not be. Um, With Zoom, you've got the preferences that are in the application itself on your computer, but also if you go to the online interface, there is. intimidating <laughs> list of features and settings uh, to go through. And there's a lot 
Um, so it has to do with control that you have over your meetings, uh, what, what the students can and can't do, so forth and so on. Some of them are security issues, password and access, so forth and so on, um, recording, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, take a little time to go through that and familiar yourself with what's there, what you can do and can't do. Um, again, it is intimidating. There's lots and lots of stuff there. Uh, but it can make your classes easier for you. Um, they think make things go more smoothly. Um, and it might give you some ideas on different way to do things. This is true. This is very true. And there's usually the restore to default mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. button. If you really do mess things up that you can fix things, but most of the things, if you play with them will not damage zoom too badly. Correct. So don't be scared of that. Uh, the security settings are sometimes the most difficult to understand, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yep. Right. You know, like set the waiting room. Do people have to register? But most of the schools have been, I think, pretty good about suggesting which settings they want you to use or what they want people to use. And it's a good idea, though. There's so much information on online about Zoom. So if you have any questions, mm. I think just... You know, like a year ago <laughs> was nothing for zoom, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting to me how it's become the default. Sure. And there's, you know, people are using it. And so uh, it's really worthwhile getting into the preferences and getting it set up the way you like it. So if I, I agree with that, it's one of those things that's worthwhile, you know, open it up and take a look what's under the hood, so to speak. So settings, you think? Yeah, right? some of the things are really esoteric. Some things are very basic. Uh, you have all kinds of options of you know with your with your camera. Uh, there's all options that you've got with your audio. Uh, one of the nice things there is is to record yourself, to hear what you sound like, and uh, experiment with different setups. If you have different microphones, we're going to talk about gear in just a second or two. Um, but uh, like for example, with the with the video, you've seen probably. Um, people playing with uh, different um, backgrounds or different filters, depending on what kind of account you have, what kind of equipment you have with your your PC, how powerful it is. Um, uh, back, you know, people have played around with different backgrounds. Eh, um, I, I think w- w- maybe we we'll talk a little bit later about different ways that you can use those backgrounds. But I think in general, don't get too fancy. Um, it can be distracting sometimes. Uh, sometimes it works better than others you know people are more advanced if you can do a green screen fine um but speaking back about the camera the basics it's like just again basic idea you're on camera (laughs) you're on camera give a little bit of thought one to what you look like and then your clothes your hair makeup whatever it might be but also Take a look and take a look at that screen. And what are people looking at? You know, they're going to see not only you, but they're seeing what's in the background. And you know, you've seen <laughs> the things that you're seeing. I've got you know students there in her bras hanging up on the clothesline in the back of her. It's like you know, give it a thought. <laughs> Just give it a thought. People are you're on camera. <laughs> um, again, common sense, right? It's, Take a good look and see what other people see when they're looking at you. 
Yeah, I think, again, that's one of those things you want to share with your students. And I'm wondering, maybe what I might do is I might do a screenshot to show the students what I see. Mm, mm. And then say, hey, check out the backgrounds of people, okay? What can you tell? What, what can you know about somebody based on the background? Yeah, careful of privacy there. <laughs> well, the students can see it, too. Uh, right. right. But they can but see I, it on yeah, their screen, see, not I on yours. Yeah, I can the see teacher how... showed me this. Like, the teacher uh, showed everybody's uh, thing, but everybody The teacher made fun of me. Yeah. But I think that's an important thing is, uh, you know, just to help the students. I think most of us are pretty aware of that. Most teachers, I think, are, are careful about those things. And, uh, yeah, you know, um, I'm just thinking, and I don't know what place it's going to fit in today's discussion, Tony, but not just talking about the background, but I think if somebody, so I'm segueing here, Go. but I don't want to forget Go. this. If somebody said to me, what's the most important piece of advice you can give to anybody who's doing Zoom and whether it's, you know, ergonomics, setting up your camera, setting up your audio, it's going to be this very uncomfortable thing of remembering to look into the camera when you're talking, uh -huh. Uh -huh. right? I don't know where, or should we put that somewhere else? Do you no, think? No, 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 this is good. This is good. Yeah. You know, is that you have to look at the camera when you're talking to create that illusion of eye contact, because otherwise if you start looking downwards and looking at the screen, and looking at who you're talking to, right? You're no longer making that kind of eye contact. And that's weird. You know, is staring at a camera. Uh, it's hard. It's really, really difficult. And I find myself, it's easy for me to do when I'm making video recordings, right? You know, that I'm posting to YouTube because I just have the camera in front of me and there's no other visual information. So it's easy to remember, look at, you know, the lens. But. In Zoom, you've got all this, you know, these people in front of you. And you're also, you, you, you're looking, you, or you want to be looking also, also, at the same time, this is really difficult to do. You want to be sensitive to the students' reactions, right? you got to exactly. read your class. Yeah, yeah, and while you're yeah. reading the class, you're not looking at the camera. It's, it's a very, it's a, it's a very specific skill. And it's, it's not easy at all. Yeah, I would compare it pretty much to giving a presentation or a speech in the old days when you had your notes in front of you and you had to look down, look up to make eye contact. And you, you had to remember like the, the last sentence you wanted to say so mm -hmm. you could keep talking while you were giving your presentation. Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. But I just wanted to point out that if you want to really up your game, really, in Zoom, I think it's developing that skill of being able to look at the camera, quickly look at the screen, go back to looking at the camera, making eye contact. But I would think that it might be interesting to, to poll the students to see how important that is to them. They might not even care. Mm. Might not even notice. Mm. Yeah, okay. hard to say. Yeah, I wanted just to bring that up since we were talking about cameras and... No, no, good, good, good. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's the other thing you were, you mentioned about, um, interesting thing about microphones with Zoom. Do you want to go with that? Um, yeah. Since we uh, can talk about recording. Yeah, uh, let me let me get a couple other things out of the way, and then we can sure. kind of focus on the mics and stuff. For like, like, for example, your PC, if it's a problem, you know about it. <laughs> you've had problems you know you need to replace it you know if it doesn't have the horsepower to to do what it's got to do you already know about it same thing with your connection and bandwidth right um if it's not sufficient fix it <laughs> um okay hold on a second tony so let's say bandwidth i mean computer people know they can upgrade their computer they can buy a new computer and okay so if they're going to buy a new computer what do they have what's the most important thing they have to look at price 
Okay. So money and after money, which money, one poor, feature poor would you people, be looking at? If, if you needed to buy a new computer because of Zoom, what would you focus on? Well, the interesting thing about Zoom is that because you, you're doing all these, you know, you're doing graphics with like video of like a bunch of much people. You think that you want to like focus a little bit more on the graphic capability of the, the computer. However, um, Zoom, just the way that it's built, the way that it works, um, doesn't hit the graphics card so much. It uses the the basic CPU. Um, and uh, for almost everybody these days, these are Intel chips, um, and they're i3, i5, i7, i9. <laughs> um, i3 is not going to cut it. Uh, your 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 computer is going to be that your it's going to get hot. Uh, your fans are going to be blowing, and that might be loud enough for your microphones to pick it up. Uh, not that many. I, I don't really know about it on the Windows end. I, I have an i3. Yeah, i3. Does it, it runs. Does it it run, my computer runs warm. Yeah, yeah. It I, works. It works. But yeah, yeah. I, I have somebody else that I know has an, had an, a mini and an i3, and it, 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 he said he's got. The fans are blowing like a hurricane. They're they're really blowing hard. Um, I have a MacBook with an i5. Um, doesn't have a problem. But uh, Zoom has a uh, limitation yes. of, for me, 25 people. 25, well, people? What, what do they call them? 25 participants uh, in a screen. Pains? Uh, I think participants, 25 participants. So I can see 25 people, including myself. So 24 plus me. Uh, and everybody else goes to a second screen, so I can mm. I can never. See, you need I think for that you need an i nine process. Yes, you need the i nine, and that allow you to see more than twenty five people at a time. Other than that, I don't know. Yeah, it's true that the one thing you would focus on would be the CPU. Yeah, the two things, right? So the the CPU, and you wouldn't worry about your graphics card or anything else. And a big screen, so you can screens really make a difference. Yeah. Really yes. makes a difference because you, you're not only going to be looking at the, your your students, but you're going to have other stuff going on too. You probably have an outline for your class. You're going to have other things you share with them. You need a big screen now, whether it's on the, that's computer itself or it's on an external to play, it doesn't make a difference. But it, you need a big screen somehow. This is a good point, and that's probably the cheapest and best upgrade you can make because even 27 inch screens now are what there, there, there's really bargains out there so there's bargains big out there. screens really cheap so that yeah, yeah that's a, that's a, that's a no-brainer that's true okay what else um your isp whatever whatever internet connection whatever service that you're paying for again you you know that if you've got a problem or not pony up for the for the upgrade you know how irritating is when it, one of your kids yeah, yeah, and, and, and the clipping. it's like you know, since they have a problem, and, and okay, then their picture's gone. Okay, that's a kid. You don't have an excuse because when it's your problem, you're affecting the whole class. Pony up! <laughs> this is not the place to to cut corners this year. You can't do it. You, this is a necessary tool. Well, my school's not, of course your school's not going to pay for it. It's like buying a pencil, buying a pen. These are just the tools that you need to do the job, period. You need a hammer, buy a hammer. 
It's, it's, a, it's a good point because most of the schools did not say, hey, you guys have to pay for your own Zoom accounts, right? Right. But, yeah, I've had this discussion with a number of teachers who feel that the school should pay them for, you know, their internet account. For their inner account and their utility, since they're at home. Yeah, I've had that light. argument too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, man, come on. Oh, anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Let's not go there. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> camera, um, camera. Don't 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 waste your money on a good camera. Yes, because uh, Zoom is gonna. It's it's not gonna reflect that quality. And um, take a good look in the mirror. Say, I I'm really happy. I have an old, really cheap. Logicool, Logitech for the rest of the world, um, little USB camera that I use, and it's like maybe three thousand yen. Um, yeah, I don't, I, and because I'm I use a little bit of that uh, zoom again in the settings, enhance the picture, which kind of fuzzes things out, and it's not a great camera. So, yeah, all these blemishes and wrinkles just kind of disappear. Don't don't waste your money on a camera. Put it in your your connection. Put it in your your uh, your internet connection. Um, or da 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 da. You put it into a microphone, Charles. Uh, well, you're the one who really has the information on this. But I think I just want to mark that point there that it's counterintuitive. You would think that oh, get a good camera for Zoom. And there's a limitation to the video bandwidth, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that it's just, it's going to adjust and you don't need perfectly clear thing because the place where you need the clarity is going to be, and we're going to talk about later in terms of screen sharing, but yeah, the cameras, you don't need the best quality camera. You need a reasonably okay camera, but you don't have to go top of the line. And the same thing is true with microphones because Tony, you mentioned that zoom down samples yeah, you can, technical... and you can you can hear it. You can hear it again. I I mentioned going into the settings, um, and in the settings you have for video, you've got things to look at, and you audio, you've got things to look at, and you can t test your microphone to make sure that the actual you know, one can you be heard. Um, two, you know, if you've got an external microphone, are you using that? Or, you know, is Zoom using that, or is Zoom using the microphone that's built into your? extra camera or is zoom using the microphone in your pc um, so you can hear what you sound like and there you go you can hear what you sound like and there are some settings there's some a noise cancellation thing so how aggressive do you want like noise cancellation so if you're in a noisy environment you can um, use that setting to take away some of the outside sounds and also with recording just also not only be aware of we talked about the camera what people see Sit in your room or where you where you do your classes and listen. What do you hear? Um, like where I am, uh, it's only like a less than a hundred meters away. They're doing this very involved demolition of which I what I guess is a very very well built building because, <laughs> because it's taking, it's taking a long time <laughs> and it's very very loud did it so, like start two years ago or something <laughs> this is this is the this is another one <laughs> this is another one uh but this one is not nearly as big but it's taking just as long to take down and um yeah the the caterpillars and the jackhammers uh are really really loud you don't hear them do you of course not uh 
Uh, can, I, can I make a comment here before yeah. I forget? Yeah. And when you said to people to listen to their rooms, what I suggest is that connect your microphone and start recording without you talking and let that go for two or three minutes and then play that back to yourself. And if you can use headphones, especially to hear what's going on, because that will show you how much actual noise is going through the microphone because our brains are canceling out a lot of the background noise. And you're going to be surprised about that, how much noise does come out. And you do have those adjustments in Zoom, but there are differences if you're going to buy a microphone. There's two kinds of mics. And Tony, do you want to go through and explain the difference between a dynamic and a condenser and why you'd recommend one over the other? Because one has a narrower feel. Okay, that's, I'll, I'll try to go really fast. Just really quickly, just, okay. you know, just because if somebody's yeah, going to go out and buy a microphone. People. So microphones, two types, as, as Charles just said. Um, condenser and dynamic. A condenser microphone, cheap USB. <clears throat> and they generally sound really good. They have one drawback is that they... Uh, and, and they're good for novices because... You don't have to worry that much. It makes a really big difference if you're up close. And if you get farther away, so the difference is you won't hear that so much with a compressor. Condenser. 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 You won't hear it so much with a, with a condenser mic. And they're fine. Um, if... You're more serious about recording, you know, again, not necessarily for Zoom. The dynamic microphones um, are much more sensitive, and again, this is good and bad, to distance. So, yeah, you hear, I'm on, a, I'm on a dynamic microphone. So when I get close to the microphone and I get farther away from the microphone, the difference is quite, quite large. Um, and it excludes, it doesn't pick up a lot of the outside sounds, whether it's the demolition sounds, whether it's a, the dog barking, whether it's the doorbell or the phone ringing, those will be a, a lot quieter. <clears throat> um, it's most of the dynamic microphones require additional hardware because their output is very low. Um, I went, I, I am going the budget, budget route and I, this microphone's under each amount and under a hundred dollars. Um, and, but its output is low, and it's at it's maxed out. So, two different kind of microphones, things to play with, um, <clears throat> and that's that. But um, as Charles said, I think he talked about uh, recording uh, the room without you speaking, but also record yourself mm. and and test different things. Tech, di- Distance from the microphone, um, different setups, whatever um, other kind of audio controls you might have. Um, but listen to what you sound like and, and compare your voice to what other people are doing. Because, Charles, you and I have both <laughs> heard people tell us, it's like, oh, yeah, I just use the microphone on my PC. It sounds fine. No. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't sound fine. And especially for us um, language teachers, right? Our students, foreign language yes. students. Yes. Um, hearing um, our voice is critical. And um, you don't want them to hear the thin, echoey it's it's they they need every advantage they can get 
Um, so yeah, put your money, don't put your money in the camera, put your money into a microphone and then learn how to use it. Practice. If if you're going to put your money into anything, it would be, I think the microphone, but you don't have to go overboard on that. Yeah. It doesn't need to be expensive because zoom, as you, as, as you pointed out, really degrades the quality. It compresses it. It, it it squirts it all down. So you're not going to hear the difference between a hundred dollar microphone and a $600 microphone on zoom. But if you're going to be making videos, if you're going to be doing recording, yes, the camera makes a big difference. The microphone makes a big difference. So if you're doing, if you're making videos for students, nothing that does not apply. You need a good camera. You need a good mic. For Zoom, you've got a little more leeway because it it destroys the quality anyway. So. But the biggest key is that by getting an external microphone, and it could be like a little one of those lapel mics, it could be a, a mic that sits on your desk, is that you're getting a microphone that is closer to your mouth. Exactly. And that's, that's the big difference. Because if you look at where your microphone is on your laptop, you're going to be three feet away. Bend up. Right. You know, it's not going to work. And. Just a simple, cheap, inexpensive couple, even what, 2,000 yen mic will make a big difference. And there's a lot of good, cheap mics out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing. And please remember that you're looking at non-native speakers who are struggling to understand us. Yep. And out of respect to them is reducing the amount of noise in your room, making sure that you sound clear, that you're not like talking out of an echo chamber. You know, you're three feet away and students can't pick up the clarity of your voice it's that's something again, as you said, pony up for that. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, shall we get into yeah more teaching stuff, huh? Teaching stuff instead of tech stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay. So, um, breakout rooms. Yep. Um, yeah. had, I'm sure you've all um, are using them. I'm sure they are. Uh, I hope they're a big part of your um, teaching style here in uh, with with Zoom and things, but. Um, they're your lifesaver. Uh, I don't know. Hard to overuse. Use them. <laughs> yeah. Can you go through that? <laughs> the quote. From oh, that the quote. What was that from? It was from uh, Nevada. It's from the Nevada Department State of Education. University. I, no, like, Department of Education. Department of it? Education, Nevada. Here, this is a good one. Oh, this is funny. Yeah, and this, this is not. This, as you said, this is not a parody. This is real. Yeah. You. By the way, just to put this in perspective. Tony, you sent this to me, and I was like, "Oh, so this is just kind of like one of those joke things, right?" About how, oh, like I said, like the previous week about how to log into the student system. Well, I think I sent that to you, right? Yeah, I think uh, you did. I think you did. Yeah, McLean's or something. Yeah, Uh, yeah, because I I used the system they were talking about when my daughter was in high school. But this quote is funny. I thought it was the same thing. I thought you were sending me a parody thing. But go ahead. Why don't you read this? Teachers should not use breakout rooms with students because they cannot be monitored by the teacher while in the breakout room, and inappropriate behavior could occur. <laughs> nice. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> talk, talk, and talk, and talk. Yeah, right. That's good education. Anyway, okay, let's move on. <laughs> well, hold on just a second, though, okay. because... Uh, 
That is, there is that one thing that teachers have mentioned that students will be speaking Japanese in the breakout rooms. So there is that kind of kernel of truth there, right? Well, there is, but that's not any different from when you put your students into groups in a classroom and you're walking around and you're with one group, you don't know what they're saying in the other end of the room either. That's exactly what I was going to say. Right? Okay. <laughs> there's yeah, no difference between like. right. There's no difference between the reality of a regular classroom. And that's what you're striving Japanese. for, right? You're trying to duplicate that experience virtually. And that's the breakout rooms are the best way to do that. They, it takes too long to get in and out of them, but that's 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 for now. That's the best we can do, right? Okay. Is there anything else you have about breakout rooms? Oh, little things, little things that I just came across that I haven't done yet. I'm thinking about doing it for this semester. Um, when you have the students uh, in the breakout rooms, to have them. Uh, choose one person, a scribe or a reporter or a recorder or a secretary, um, to note the members of the group, do a, either a summary of the discussion or a summary of one of the points that they did, have them enter that onto a Google Sheet. Google Sheet has all a space for each of the groups so that all the groups can see everybody else's notes. As you know, there's a lot. Peer pressure is a very big motivator in in this culture. They can see what other people are doing. They will start competing with each other, and you can leave this that sheet open for people to go back and look at, and they can use that for preparation for their tests. I do discussion tests, right? And so the different topics. So each, you know, if I have, for example, eight groups, each of the groups talks about one of the topics that they discussed. They give a short summary. Uh, the members of the group are listed there. There's the eight groups in the sheet across. And um, then they've got that as a record. And the next week we do uh, another sheet. And uh Again, that's part of the record. They can see what they've done. They can see what other people have done. Uh, that may be, may be more stimulus for other discussion. Um, and it's a way for the teacher, when especially when they have a large class, to monitor what's happening in um, all these different classes. It's, it's not the same thing as standing there and talking with them and listening to them. But it's another dimension. It's something else that you can add and and do in your class. Do students need a Google account for that? No. You create. You create. Uh, you, the teacher does. Uh, the creator creates it. Like you say in, in in Google Drive, I guess it is. You create a sheet and you have it. You have them. It's uh, set to share. It gives you a URL and you just give the URL to the students. And then everyone has access to yeah. that. That's an important thing to keep in mind. Okay. Anything you want to add? (laughs) I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's a way to keep them engaged and uh, and focused. Yeah. Or the other thing to do is to, if you don't like that kind of thing, if you're not a tech-oriented person Mm -hmm. and you you don't want to use Google or anything, is just to create a template for students for note-taking. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And that they have to email that to you at the end of the session, mm. right? And if you – I did this once or twice or something, but 
you tell them what you want. So they have to list the members of the group, and they have to list what the topic was, and then they, you know, take notes. You can do that, and then the key thing is having them send it to you immediately after the class, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, they'll start sharing the <laughs> copying and pasting. You send copies other. of the same thing, yeah. right? And you get copies of the same thing, but. The note-taking thing is some is a way to keep them focused and engaged. And so I think that's a good idea. So I would support that. And and the Google uh, document, that sharing thing, is, is not difficult at all once mm. you mm. go in there. And the students are actually so much better at using tech now. Uh-huh. And I think it's a big difference. It's, it's a big, a it's a huge difference. A huge Yeah, my up. students are so much more competent than they were like, last year. Last year. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like, it happened very fast. Yes, they all know how to use like Google Classroom or the learning management system. That was pretty good. Pretty mm-hmm. good. Okay, let's move on then. Okay, um, general thing, big, big, just rule. Just if you haven't figured it out yet, scale back. You just got to scale back. You're not going to be able to do everything that you're learned to do and jam into ninety minutes in your real classroom. Scale it all back. You need to talk a lot less. Real challenge for most of us, myself included. Um, don't feel bad about shorter classes. Again, we talked about the ergonomics, talk about all the time people are spending in the front of the screens. Shorten the class. It's okay. Give, give them some, if you, you know, if you feel guilty, give them some work that's to be done outside um, and, you know, submit it later. But, uh, just shorten the time that you are talking to the to them um, on screen, and uh, the time that they're sitting and they're staring at the screen, right? And if you're going to go, the, you know, the full length of the class, f- factor in some breaks, right? Give them and say, okay, this is you know, this is break time. Everybody, stand up, turn around, <laughs> put your right foot in, put your left foot in. Um, if you, if that you, sounds you know, familiar. Yeah, if you uh, <laughs> work, it, work. If you, you know, if you're really creative, I mean, you can work it into the class content somehow. Um, you know, go find something or go look out. You know, describe something. Go look out. Stand up. Look outside your window. Come back and tell us what you see. Um, all different kind of things that you can do to again that the uh, to p- put in little breaks and things, but just in general, your own self for planning, just scale it back. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> well, I I think again, it, it's the breakout rooms are really key here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The breakout rooms is again when you talk about scaling it back, you know that. Use the breakout rooms in the same way you'd use groups in a classroom. And, you know, make sure the students have at least two tries at everything. You know, so if I do the activity, I always want them to repeat it a second time, as long as it's not too long. Yeah, and I, I always try to, like, to put, like, two different groups. So I'll put them in a group. Right, exactly. And, Minimal, minimally. Yeah. That and then, like, okay, we're, we're done. Okay, we're going to rearrange you. Okay. Uh, Zoom tip. <laughs> Zoom tip. Um, you have that option to recreate groups. Uh, you, if you do just do it one time, a lot of it's going to be duplicated. You really need to hit that button several times, recreate groups, recreate groups, <laughs> recreate groups. Otherwise, um, you're going to have people kind of, kind of in the same, like you can have a group of four people, only two of them will change. The other two will be the same. 
may or may not be critical, but sometimes it is. So, for example, if I, I, I've done like exercises with a peer evaluation, counting on the groups being different, and I notice like, hmm, these kids are they're seeing the same presentations again, which not, maybe not a problem, but if <clears throat> randomness is a key part of what you're trying to do, then you're going to need to, uh, yeah, yeah, hit that button, hit that button, hit that button, hit that button. And make sure it's checked to random. Yeah. Automatic and not ma- manual. Correct. But that's a, a good thing to remember, though, is that you can manually assign yes. students to the breakout yes, rooms. Yes, and there yes. are times when you want that, especially like if you're doing like presentations at the end of the semester and you want to make sure that students are working with certain students. Yeah, I had to do that in the in the spring because I had a, I had a class where this, it's an international communication and they're grouped by uh, countries, English-speaking countries that they want to go to. So I had a, a UK group, a Eastern United States group, a Western United States group, an Australia group, a New Zealand group. Um, and so I had to put them into those groups uh, manually each time so that they had time together to work on what they're doing. Yeah, the other thing is, if you're going to go in, and some people like to monitor the breakout rooms, you know, you can, in the breakout room setting, you can click on it. And this took me a while to figure out that you can, to go to different breakout rooms, you don't have to exit the room and then go back to the original thing, that if you exit a room, the the breakout room list shows up. And you can just click join, join, join. You can join. go from room to room rather than go easily the rather room than go first. from a room, exit out, Big go back saving. to the main menu, then open it up again. Yeah, yeah. So that's a useful thing with the breakout rooms, I mm. think. Okay. What else? Always have a plan B and C uh, <laughs> and C. <laughs> well, yeah. If you if you you get the luxury of time, that's great. But a plan B um, for students. Whether they've got tech problems, which is kind of new, or if they got other problems, which is not new, which we've always had, right? Um, always have some a student can't do something, we say, okay, fine, you have a, a plan B for them. For yourself, you may end up with tech problems, you know, outside your control or by your own your own blundering. I <laughs> this last semester I exited myself from a meeting. Um surprisingly unfortunately um the the meeting continued without me and i when i very in a great panic rejoined everything no <laughs> no one knew that i had disappeared or rejoined it's like whoa everything is still here and everything they're still running they're still in their breakout rooms um wow this is an important thing yeah that, <laughs> really I, mean, I've had, I wouldn't like, count I've, on that but but it happened right. to me it's happened a couple of times so, um Zoom froze on me, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm out. <laughs> I had to restart the program. And I come back, and my students are all still in their breakout rooms. Yeah. So if it happens, it doesn't, you know, if your Zoom quits, it doesn't mean the classroom or the session has been closed down. Right. That's, that's Don't really panic. Interesting. Don't panic. Really it's just you. And so, but but there may be other tech problems that come up that, you don't have control of it, so I've I also I've had um, Wi-Fi issues myself, <clears throat> which you know, cause a problem only once. But ha- be prepared for it. You know, say, oh, what happens if I lose my connection? What happens if okay, you're gonna if you're gonna run a, a PowerPoint or a keynote presentation, saying whatever happened that that application decides it's not gonna run for you today. 
Okay. Uh, that's no different from any other teaching, but some of it's going to be technical. Some of it's going to be other stuff. It's like, um, yeah, maybe you assigned the wrong thing for homework. You gave them the wrong page numbers. Um, you're used to that in the classroom, but, yeah, but maybe the way that we handle it online might might be a little bit different. Um, you know, in in the classroom, it's like, okay, you've got your, your bag of tricks. You can pull something out. Well, that might or might not work here. Just kind of think ahead. It's like when it, whenever you're planning something for a class, is okay, what if things go awry here? What if things go bad? Um, in that case, in that instance, I'll be able to do this. And again, if you're looking for a fast out, again, like Charles is saying, the breakout rooms, they're your savior. Yeah. And the thing is about the breakout rooms, I got feedback from students, is that you can't put students into the breakout room and say, okay, do your isatsu, do your greetings, and then talk about your weekends. Give them some clear things to do. They do need because, that focus. Yep. Right. No, it's not just the focus. Um, I, students said that you know, they in the breakout rooms, they were just, you know, nobody talked. Right? You know, nobody wants to start the conversation. I especially got this feedback from a couple of uh, students from outside of Japan who were in one of my classes. And hmm. they said, you know, there were a number of sessions where just nothing happened. That's weird. Students, yeah. Yeah. Well, the students, you know, they're not experienced with it. They're shy, supposedly. Um, so instead of, uh, you want to start training your students with the breakout rooms. And if you have new students, or even if it's old students, what I would do is, uh, I'm going to do this is, first day is going to be just breakout room training. I'm going to say, okay, here's a list of things for you to do. First off, introduce yourselves, right? With the following information. Then ask each other two questions about, you know, their hometown, ask two questions about what they did during the summer, whatever that means now. And make sure that they have specific things that they can talk to, that they have something that they can rely on. So that when they go into the groups, they, or the breakout rooms, they're just not, you know, there. And the other thing I'm probably going to do is when I have breakout rooms, um, what I've started doing is um, as long as the class is not too big, I mean, if you have about 15, 20 students, I know, Tony, you have some bigger classes and some students, teachers have like 45 students in a class. But if it's possible, you can say breakout room number one, and then you just read the name of somebody and say, okay, you're the person who asks the other people the questions in the beginning, you know, and designate the person. Or you can say whoever has, um, whoever has the birthday you know, earliest in the year or latest in the year or give so give them something to do specifically that they know what they're supposed to do and then assign somebody to be the first person to talk. And that will probably help things out. That's a nice, that's a nice tip. Yeah. Otherwise I think sometimes, uh, cause I try not to go into the breakout rooms too much because as soon as I go into the breakout rooms, those students all go, huh, <laughs> well, it's because you don't do it. It's because it's unusual. If you do it all the time, there, because I've I've gotten to the like because I try to. That's an depending point. depending what the activity is. I try to visit them if when it makes sense. Um, and it got to the point, luckily, by the end of the semester, that I would have, I'd put them into the breakout rooms, and they would be inviting me. Not because they're because it says you know so and so wants you know needs assistance. It's like, oh, well, what's up? It's like, oh, we don't. Just, we want to ask you questions. Like, what what'd you, what did you do last weekend? It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> this, this is this is this is how it should be. Here we are. Everything's okay. working. 
Okay. So let's move on then. Okay. Um, games. Yes. Um, you know, some, some things lend themselves very well to this medium. Some don't. Um, but we talked about like, you know, getting kids to move around pantomimes. When you put them, you know, again, whether it's a whole class or whether it's in a breakout room, uh, again, breakout room is really is is really good for this, right? Um, have them out of uh, the old vocabulary uh, word like hangman as a classroom thing, and you, they put their little hand up. Um, you know, who guesses the word first? Um, word scrambles. I do this a lot with vocabulary uh, with with kids. It's like you know you have. Uh, you know, a list of vocabulary words, and then all the letters are scrambled up. They have to guess what the word is. Um, you know, you put the word up. And the screen sharing. You want to talk about screen sharing, Charles? We actually we we haven't talked about that, and we've assumed that everyone knows about screen how to share your screen. Yeah, I think we can. I think we can assume that. I think so. If you don't, if you don't ask your kids, they do. Right. And if you, <laughs> they and figured if it you, out already. If you haven't been using it. You need to really. This is yeah. Because all kind of problems. Says, well, it sounds like can I share my screen with you? <laughs> yeah, sure. What the hell? Go ahead. <laughs> Come on. Let's let's take a look and see what. Okay. What do you see? Okay. Panamines, hangman, word scramble. Um, word clouds, vocabulary game, right? So, um, you you might have seen word clouds, right? You you put there's a lot of just type in word make word cloud online. A um, lot of different sites. You get you you upload a vocabulary list. And say, you know, make a word cloud, and it takes the, and you have, you usually have d- different options, the shape, uh, the colors, color th- th- theme, um, and it, you know, puts the, all the words that you've put on your list into a kind of a ra- you know, random shape, sideways, and you can get, often you have control over this, and diagonals, and colors, uh, and it gives you a blob of um of those vocabulary words and then um I, I i share my screen they're looking at this pdf of this thing and i give them the definition and they're supposed to um you know someone shouts out when they figure out what the word is um uh, it works real well what something i did also over the summer with um again involving breakout rooms this is for a writing class um paragraph scramble so you give them uh group of sentences and they put the sentences together to form a paragraph you can put a timer on it and see which group does it first um, I've done the same thing with the story it's a little more work um, get a you know copyright free short story that's on the web somewhere that's maybe like maybe two or three pages <clears throat> chop it up logically into like five or six seven uh, sections randomize it, give them the sections, and have them reassemble the story. You might want to fine-tune the the links between the sections and things to make it a little bit easier for them. Um, and also for a writing class, um, just like you do in the regular classroom, serial stories, right? Um, have the, you know either small groups, breakout rooms, two people, three people. Uh, give everybody a prompt. Okay, each group has to you know, write the next sentence in the story, pass it on to the next group, come back to the main room, shoot the that one to another group. The other group shows up, they get somebody else's story, so that um, by the end you've got, you know, however many groups you've got, you've got five different groups, you have five different stories. 
and everyone will have put those things together. You got any more? I think those are pretty much the ones I would use. Yeah, that's um, what I've discovered. I didn't so use far. a lot of games. <clears throat> um, I did until the end. Yeah, yeah. I didn't use a lot of games this semester, so I can't really make those suggestions. Yeah, the, vo- the vocab rooms a lot. Yeah, the oh. vocab stuff I've done a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I did that in a regular classroom the same way, too. Yeah. I think, especially in breakout rooms, as long as one person is designated the leader, those games would work. Like, especially like Hangman. Mm-hmm. That would be, a, that's a great one to do. The word scrambles, I understand. Uh, the word cloud. Paragraph scramble. Now, I'm just curious, Tony, the story scramble, how do you do that given the technology, Zoom? Do you have a, a story that's just mixed up on a page and that the students have access to that document? Uh, yes, I send them. I, I, I have a, like, a, I, each, I take the story and each section I put on a different page and I randomize the pages it's in a plain text file. And um, before they go into the breakout rooms, I give every give everybody... You know, through chat, I upload the text file. So everybody's got it. Then I put them into the breakout rooms, and then together that group has to reassemble the story. And for people who don't know this yet, the chat is a great way to share documents. Any kind of file, the, yeah. Any yeah. kind of file, anything to your students. Yeah, just, just drag it into, it into the, the chat. chat, and boom, there it goes. Right, and you can even send specific documents to, I think, people, can't you? Individuals, yes. If so you, you, said, if you, you send, send it to, to the whole group, message. or you just choose the person that you're going to send it to. Yeah, and that's a good thing to do. Okay, so we've covered games and different things you can do using Google Sheets, um, group discussions using the breakout rooms, Right. Um, anything else you can think of before we move on to the next part? No, I think we're ready for the next part, um, okay. the, the advanced yeah. thing. And I think you, you you mentioned this. This is Bill White's idea? Oh, yeah. 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 Bill White's the use of a – where he, he made a background using and turned it into a JPEG. And then instead of using – but this requires the uh, background right. function. But if you have the background function, it it lets you actually select your own – image yeah file. you can upload whatever you do so it's right. called yeah virtual background right, and so, so you create background. yeah yeah what bill did was uh again we talked about it in the last podcast um bill just made a like a slide a powerpoint slide or a keynote slide or whatever that had uh you know what was going to be the key points or the agenda or you know the the outline of the lesson on one side and the key points on the other. And so they're on the left side and the right side far enough away. And then while he's talking, you, for his background is that the students can see what they're covering that day and what the key points are. It's great. Great idea. Yeah. And it's like, you hear it and it's like, bam, it's brilliant. This is that. That's a, yeah, right. We've said the last time, right? It's damn. just, it's just uh, yeah. Yeah. That was just a great, I was just, I still, I'm still in awe of that. Yeah, that that's a, a brilliant idea. It's really, it's truly a brilliant idea. <laughs> it's still, I like, why didn't I think of that? You know, but some that kind of visual information for the students is good. 
Okay. And, and, and if you don't aren't can't do that or don't want to do that or not sure how it's to be done, it's helpful again to and this is something I will do. I'm I'm gonna do that, I think, but I have a problem that my my little Mac Mini won't handle virtual backgrounds. Oh. So um, we, you know, we use Google Classroom in a lot of this places, but in another school, there's the, just the LMS. And I think I'm going to have a document the students can access to see this is what we're doing today. And here are the key points in lieu of not being able to do the Bill White idea. Hmm. 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 Yeah. So now we're kind of talking about advanced things, right? And then you have something else about um, like slides as virtual backgrounds. Uh, yeah, maybe before we get to that, because that's kind of that's a little bit new. But the other thing is that um, with um, you know giving presentations, um, PowerPoint has had, and Keynote just this semester added uh, a, an option. So if you've done if you try to do presentations using PowerPoint or Keynote in Zoom, you know that when you generally when you hit it, boom, it it kind of takes over the whole screen. Um, both of those applications now can be set to run the slideshow in a window so that it doesn't take over the whole screen. It stays in the window. Why is that important? Well, for me, when I teach presentation, it's like the slides are not your presentation. You are the presentation. The slides only exist to support what you're going to do. We need to see you. So when my students give presentations or when I do presentations for them, um, they have the slides on half the screen. They have me on the other half of the screen. I'm sharing the entire screen, but on half is my are my slides and the other half is me. Um, and again, Keynote just added that uh, in July, I think. Uh, very welcome addition. Really nice. And to what Charles had just mentioned, very new feature in Zoom. It's still in beta. I just saw it several days ago. Uh, it allows you, and again, you have to have the hardware for it. We talked about virtual backgrounds. It allows you to show your slides as virtual backgrounds. So you, if you choose that option, then you, it says, okay, where's your, where are your slides? And so you just hunt to where your keynote or where your PowerPoint presentation is. You go, yeah, this one. And abracadabra, your slide is your background and you are, Oh, less than one fourth of the screen. So you can move your own little face around in in that. So if you're going to be um, creating uh, a presentation for use this way, you want to have all your slides like with one corner empty all the time where you will appear. So that you've got the the big frame is uh, the the window is your slide, and you are appearing in your slide in a quarter or or so less than a quarter in a corner of that presentation and it does that all for you automatically so that's a really nice addition again uh all the limitations of the virtual backgrounds and um your own background you know of your your own cam you know your camera what your what's in back of you 
um, will impact the quality of that uh, virtual background uh, and how well how nice it will look. Um, but uh, for advanced use, especially if you've got a green screen, green screen. Charles, you want to explain what a green screen is? I've said a couple of times. I don't think we've described what it is. Uh, do we need to? Uh... If you don't know what it is, um, then don't worry about it. <laughs> it's one of those. A green screen is just a, a background that's green, and it's used so that you can put um, computer images on top of it. And the reason it's just bright green is because that's an unusual color, and nobody almost wears it. So, but yeah, it makes it easy. It makes it easy for the computer, the camera, or the computer to make a distinction between you and the background. Yeah. Right, exactly. And the computers are set for that color, basically. So if you're doing, even if when you're making videos, it's the same thing. You can use a green screen. But that actually brings us up to the topic of backgrounds. Mm. Again, you mentioned it before. Uh, you know, it's um, get, get a, um, some background, you know, that's standard, for example. Um, you know, you can buy some phot- photography background paper, not too expensive. And hang that behind you if you want. And it creates a little bit more of a professional perspective. That's something to think about. Um, Tony, can I add a couple of things? Go, go, um, go. We haven't talked about keyboard shortcuts yet. Good. Yeah. And, you know, there are people who like keyboard shortcuts, you know. Um, and we're, 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 we're the kind of people who really like these things. But there's some really nice keyboard shortcuts and using the keyboard in Zoom that make life really easier. And the best way to find out about this is uh, go to the Zoom settings and then you go to, um, where is it? It's uh, settings and then you'll find keyboard shortcuts and explains all the different kind of keyboard shortcuts. And the one that I love and that this is a really good way for me to monitor how much I'm talking in a class is if I set myself to mute um, and I press the space bar, it will unmute me. So what happens is that when I'm talking, I have to hold the space bar down while I'm talking and then I let it go and I go back to mute. And it kind of creates a way for me to make sure I'm not talking too much because I have to hold the space bar down. And it's a good thing to teach your students. Everybody mutes, and then you tell them, hey, just hit the space bar when you want to talk and hold the space bar down instead of them struggling for that. But there's a lot of other keyboard shortcuts that you can find that are really handy. Uh, you know, that will, you know, screen sharing, uh, you know, changing the window perspective, et cetera, that you can use and that will speed up things and make your life a lot more efficient. The other thing I think we didn't mention, and I think it might have a difference, is that when you're talking to people about Zoom and what they're doing, make sure you talk about which version you have, because features are not available in all the different versions. There's the basic free version, the pro version, and the enterprise version. And someone was helping me with Zoom way in the beginning, and no matter what I did, I couldn't find what they were talking about until we both realized that they were like on an enterprise version and I was like on a basic version. So make sure you know which version you're talking about. And Tony, you, you ponied up for your own. Yeah, I did that. And how much did that come out per month? I think it was was about a hundred dollars for the year. You paid for a year. Yeah. Cool. Cause it was 
kind of obvious to me early on that this is the way it's going to be, and I, I didn't have the patience to wait for the schools. So I just went for the whole year and uh, d- jumped right in and, st- and tried to try to learn what I could before yeah. the schools made their decisions. And I've only got only got one school that's being sticky about using their um, their account, but it's right. not, but it's not restricted either. So there there are no restrictions on it. But yeah, that it's a, it's a really good point because a, a lot of times, like I I don't know what my students see. And I don't know what they can do and what they can't do because I know I've got like a full account, but they don't. And there is like, well, I says, well, just hit this. I don't have that. I say, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's some interesting things I learned, for example, and I didn't know this until the end of the year, but you know how mm. students can give yeah, you a thumbs up? Yeah, we all learn, right? Yeah. You know how students can give you a thumbs up, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. can hit the thumbs up. There's no thumbs down. Mm. <laughs> Maybe that's I it. kept telling the students, okay, if you understand, thumbs up, and if you don't understand, thumbs down. And finally, at the end of the year, in one of the student evaluations, <laughs> one of the students says, boy, they understand everything. Uh, yeah, Mr. W- yeah, exactly, Mr. Wiz, uh, there's no thumbs down. I was like, oh, really? Hey, thanks for telling me now. <laughs> yeah, well, they, at least they told you. By the way, and a, an easy thing to do is if you've got the – you know, the view, the gallery view available, just ask the students to give you thumbs up or thumbs down yeah. with their actual thumbs. And yeah, yeah, just, in real life, without the In button. real life, because, you know, it just was it really funny. Okay, everybody, if you don't understand, give me, if you like this activity, thumbs up, and if you don't like the activity, thumbs down. <laughs> End of the year evaluation. Mr. Wiz, there's no thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. The Again, it's a, the, the basic summary of this is that there's a lot of information available online. Get to know the app because you're going to be using it again. Yeah. And, and it'll and, be and, in- you know, as you, as you pointed out before, it's like, okay, second semester, oh, we're going to do this again. Um, realistically, there's no guarantee you're not going to be doing this again in the spring. Yeah. I'm, I'm betting on that, that we will be using it again. It's a very, very distinct possibility. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I had this strange experience where I was talking to a college student, and uh, they were talking about something that all their classmates had to do. And uh, they said afterwards they were going to, once the activity, it's like a two-week activity, and once the activity was finished, they were going to have a party. Yeah. Okay. See you in yeah. the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, just they don't get it. They don't get it. So get used to the technology. Um, and honestly, with Zoom and breakout rooms, I can get a pretty good approximation of my classroom, of a face-to-face classroom. Same here. And if I, if I gave people one recommendation, it's just learn to use the breakout rooms. The rest of the technology you don't even need. Although... Mm. If you have an iPad, and if you have an iPad that is good with the Apple Pencil, Zoom does allow you, you know, when you have the share screen, you can actually connect your iPad either wirelessly or with a cable. And I use my iPad as my whiteboard for drawing, you know, writing things out, and it makes things so much easier to write out. Okay, and let me let me let me pref- let me add to that too. This, okay. And because yeah, I mean, having that iPad with the with the pencil is a is a great thing. 
However, if you don't have an iPad with a pencil, do not... Do not write. Do, 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 do not, not use that damn whiteboard. It is useless. It is oh, yeah. Total- I mean, when you try to write with the Oh, mouse. it is. For, for text input, it is totally useless. Use your word processor. Use right, your you text just editor, whatever text you're box, doing, and share box. that screen. And type on that. Do not... <laughs> that whiteboard for text is awful. Well, actually, I don't use their whiteboard. No, don't. Nobody use does. An app. I use an app on the iPad. It's called uh, Good Notes, for example. But oh no, no, exactly. Any writing app that, will work. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying, though. Yeah. No, no. If you got, if you've got like a, a like for that, like with a, with an it's iPad great. or or any other kind of like device that you can, any, you know, tablet that you can use that way, absolutely. But um, you're using, or even another like thing on your. A drawing application on your on your PC uh, would be better than the, the whiteboard in in Zoom. Yes, yes. So the key there is you don't have to use the whiteboard in Zoom if you want to just you know share a sc- share your screen with the Microsoft or whatever text document you have, and just type into that. That's all you need to do. Yeah. But learn the sh- script the share screen thing. Learn the share screen thing. I think that's really key. Yep. And there's other things, too, For just real quickly. You can generate attendance lists with Zoom yeah. as long as you've got the right version, right? It's um, account management, and then there's a report session thing. Uh, and you can record locally if you want, if you want to keep a recording, if you want to go over things. You can allow for other people to be hosts. You can set co-hosts. If I think, again, this is version to version. And the other thing I didn't know about that I just read about, Tony, is you can pause your screen sharing. Well, yeah, um, yeah. You just have to tap pause, and then people don't see you fumbling around. Yeah. It's kind <laughs> of... <laughs> what do they see? Do you know? They see you fumbling around. Oh, you mean no. if you pause it? If you I pause don't know. it. I don't know. You know, that's the biggest thing. Okay. When you're you're doing Zoom, like with most apps, you know, I can work on them on my own at home by myself. But for Zoom, you're going to need a buddy or two or three people. Or you know, or, or you could just log in on your phone, right? So you And you can log working, in as another person, right? You log so in you have, as another person on your on your other device. Yes, you can do that too. But I would rather enslave my friends and <laughs> I'm busy. Them. Hey, because sometimes it's really good to practice. By the way, and that's another thing. I have a commitment that day, sorry. Yeah, is if you can get some of your friends together to create a, a session, you can really all practice together. That can be and, really useful. And, you know, <laughs> that yeah, can be just very so useful. you look a little better. Yeah, and you learn the ins and outs, and everybody knows something I don't know. Right. That's what's right. great. Okay. I think that's a pretty good review of a general review of Zoom for people. Yeah, well, there's so much, it. right? There's so much. There's so much more. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that, that little uh, that little um, uh, special treat. Interesting thing happened over the summer. We, um, Charles and I, we often talk about Text Expander. Wonderful tool, <laughs> real time saver. Um, I use it a lot. <laughs> Apparently, I use it a lot, really a lot. And I got an email from uh, from the people at Smile Software, uh, the people who make Text Expander, and says, "Hey, dude, you're." Uh, you're the top four percent of the users. We wanna we wanna say thanks, and we're gonna send you a, a, a t-shirt or a coffee mug. I said, well, uh, I couldn't decide which of those things I needed least. 
and uh, no, we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna give you <laughs> this <laughs> a T-shirt or a coffee mug from Texas Expander. Um, but I says, but yeah, I, says, I really don't need that that stuff. But hey, I got this podcast, and uh, what we really could use is uh, something for our listeners. And so um, the the people at Smile said, yeah, okay, so. We have two um, text expander licenses to give away. Um, and uh, so, uh, two teachers talking at gmail.com. Uh, send us your name and the email address that you want associated with the license. Um, we will pick two people at random and uh we'll set you up we'll forward that on to uh smile software and, and they will contact you with your license information so uh in thanks for you sitting through another hour of us blathering um at least a couple of you will get to, to play with this very very cool tool yes text expander is good I didn't realize I taught that many students. The top four percent. That that seems doesn't seem right somehow. I don't know. Okay, but you, we should I mean, also people point out. people must use the hell out of this thing. Uh, well, how did I end up in the top four percent? Well, that's a good question. But uh, just something to to mention is that Text Expander doesn't know what you're typing. They're just you know there's they have the privacy things in place. I, or I'm hoping, right? Yes. Yeah, but I, I like that they send me. Um, I get the the monthly, yeah, the monthly stats, right? Yeah. yeah, and even even in in when in a non school month, for example, is it monthly stats? I get mine every month. I think, yeah, yeah, and it's like it says, "Wow, you saved yourself an hour this week in terms of typing." Think about that. Saved an hour's worth of typing. So, what did you get? How many hours did you save? Oh, I don't know. Twenty seven. <laughs> You saved like a day's worth of typing. Of oh, just typing, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. typing. Text expander is one of those great things. I think what is it? It's a uh, one password and text expander. Uh-huh. It's just a, that I hated paying in the beginning the first time I paid for them. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll pay for them. And after using them, it's just like, okay, this is just a something I need and it's well worthwhile. Yeah. It's yeah. it's yeah. It, when you, it's and, great. It's so powerful and it's not just like little things. It's like Big things, and I'm I'm still learning more and more and more, and automating more and more. Yes, um, it really is a wonderful tool. And if you're not sure if you want to send us an email, just go online and look at Text Expander. They now we, we've recommended it many times before. Yes. Right? Okay. And, okay. So that's enough. Yeah. I don't need to. It's a nice freebie, people. It's yeah. A nice freebie. Take advantage. Take yes. advantage. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else we want to add, Tony? Uh, no, we're this done. Era of Zoom. We're, we're done. done. Well done. Cooked, fried, toasted, and poached. Right? It's been doing that one day. <laughs> Sophie said, "Dad, how do you feel?" And I said, "Toasted, roasted, baked, and boiled and broiled." <laughs> we're doing that next week in class. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's wrap this up. I'm Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. We're two teachers talking, and you know where to find us. Uh huh. Okay, Tony. Be well. You too.